Welcome into The Harvest. I'm Andrew Stroud. Today's show is part two of a discussion Abigail, Lakeith, and I began in our last episode about the final words of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, to go and make disciples. Last time, we focused on why this command of Jesus is so important for us to understand. And today, we get into some practical ways we have embraced this mission in our own lives. We also identify some common obstacles and share how you can get started in making disciples. Hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, it's Abigail here, and I'm with Andrew and Lakeith. Hi guys. Hey Abigail. Hey Abby, how's it going? It's going really good. So we are back for a second half of a podcast on discipleship. But before we get started, um, all of our Into the Harvest followers over on Instagram were pretty excited about my question regarding Andrew's daughter's wedding, um, which was a few weeks ago. Um, where I asked who cried at the wedding? Was it Keith or Andrew? Neither, both. I mean, the world is just on bated breath, just waiting to find out. So we're going to just go ahead and get that out of the way here on the podcast today. So guys, we need the lowdown. Be honest. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay. I can't get the confirmed, but I'm pretty sure that Andrew got pretty emotional (laughs) Doing the, the the bride and groom's first dance, I held back my tears when I had to give a toast. Uh, um, there was a moment that almost got me, but I thought of this poll and I kept it together. So that's uh, my side of the story, Andrew. I'm not sure if you've seen it differently, but yeah, I appreciate you opening with this question because there's been a lot of misinformation and slander out there. Um, I have definitely seen online that uh, reports that I shed tears. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, the reality is I definitely got emotional. Actually, the most emotional that I got was, um, there was a toast or blessing that I gave as the father of the bride. And as I was just running through that ahead of time, a couple of times I, I got pretty emotional, but I have to say no moisture came out of my eyes wow. so wow. yes the wow. emotions were there i i can't do it like i actually wanted i actually wanted to cry but i i, I could not oh, uh, make it okay. happen but it was definitely <laughs> nope nope abby don't let him off the hook nicholas yeah, Natolo I mean, says that he's I, seen I a tear like, fall from andrew's eyes i feel like that's just he a, said he's seen a tear so i'm holding on to that i agree <laughs> that's I some agree, of that misinformation <laughs> well and um Coming from a family of no criers at all, I'm the most emotional person in my entire family. We will often (laughs) say that it gave us the feeling of tears, um, and usually there's zero moisture to be found, but at least somebody felt a little bit of emotion. So we're going to give you that, Andrew, and maybe you should just work on hydrating in the future so that you can (laughs) cry some tears. Well, thanks, guys. I think everyone that's listening right now feels a lot better. I know I do. So um, we can now really get to the truly important topics that we have to discuss today. Um, And that is our second part to this little two-parter that we're doing on discipleship. If you haven't gone and listened to our first part, which was um, episode six, 
um, entitled Go and Make Disciples Part 1. Um, just go ahead and turn this off right now and go back and listen to it. We'll wait here and then come back <laughs> and we'll do Part 2 for you now. Um, it was a really fun day and I just came away thinking, man, we are all the biggest fans of the Great Commission uh, because that really is what <laughs> it ended up being. It was just a big love fest on the Great Commission. So mm-hmm. uh, we do kind of want to recap for those that maybe it's been a few weeks since they listened. Um, So, Andrew, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Can you just kind of maybe in a few words, sentences, kind of give us what we covered in that that podcast? Yeah, we spent most of our time at the end of Matthew, Matthew's gospel, Matthew 28. And there were several reasons why we believe the Great Commission is so important just from what the scripture tells us. One is that the Great Commission is really based on Christ being alive today. So we're not just called to pass on his teachings, the teachings of of a great leader who lived 2,000 years ago, but we are commissioned to go and make disciples, uh, helping people become followers of a Lord who is alive today. So we're actually inviting and introducing people into a real relationship with a living Lord, that Jesus' resurrection is really the precursor to him giving his first followers that great commission to go and make disciples. So that was one, is just the reality of Christ's risen life and why that's so important. Uh, A second was that Jesus starts off by saying, all authority, all power has been given to him in heaven and on earth, and therefore, go and make disciples and we we shared how that really motivates us in two ways first we should be under the authority of jesus so we should be his disciples because he's the one that the father has given all authority to but then secondly that's really the basis for us calling other people to become disciples because they too should be under the authority of christ i like that uh also andrew adding on to what you just said that we that Jesus didn't leave us as orphans, that uh, we had purpose. You know, no one likes to go through life without purpose. So Jesus gave us this epic mission that everybody can be a part of. Because he had been given all authority, he gave his mission to all believers to reach all nations, calling all people to obey him. Uh, and I think that's amaz- amazing that it was so inclusive that uh, Jesus gave us standing orders that could last until he came back, that, that we had purpose in life. And our purpose was not only to be followers of Jesus to be disciples, but to also go out to all people and and make uh, disciples. And I love that we get to par- be a part of this epic adventure. Like Jesus didn't um, take it all upon himself. You know, he left followers to make followers to make followers. And here we are today, followers of Christ, uh, seeking and saving, you know, the lost and, and trying to get the message out, out there. So one thing, even though the scriptures are very clear on this. One thing that can be surprising is how few modern day Christians understand the importance of the Great Commission. Or it, it certainly seems like like many of us either we're ignorant of it altogether, we just don't, it's not something we're familiar with. Or maybe we've heard about the Great Commission. We know that somebody is supposed to be making disciples of all nations, but we just assume that it's someone who's more qualified, more knowledgeable more talented than we are. And it reminds me of a book that was written by an author named Dallas Willard called The Great Omission. And that was really the whole point of what he was discussing was that 
all of us are supposed to be sent out on this great commission, but it's really become the great omission because so many of us don't understand that, that we too have been called to be part of, of this mission of Jesus to make disciples of all nations. Yeah, that is so true, Andrew. And I think it may, it kind of points back to just why we're even doing Into the Harvest. Um, it's something that we're really committed to here. You know, all of us you know, on this phone call, this podcast, um, we are committed to making disciples and to being disciples. But I'm pretty sure the three of us do not have um, theological degrees. Maybe, Andrew, do you have any kind of like... <laughs> Do you have a certificate I, on the wall, Andrew? I don't know. <laughs> I do not. I do. My my degree is actually in mechanical engineering, so okay, I have not been to any kind of count. formal yeah, Bible great. school. Right. <laughs> good. See, good. I'm really glad because my, the point I want to make is that all of us are really just ordinary followers of Jesus. We have no great credentials to point us to the fact that, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. But we truly believe that this Great Commission is very serious and that it's for all of us to to follow yeah. and to make part of our lives. Um, so we, we kind of wanted to talk about today is get into maybe the more practical aspects of why we're following the Great Commission. Um, so we want to ask some story, um, some questions that maybe will lead to some stories uh, that will be helpful for our listeners. Um, and we just wanted to kind of jump in and and maybe ask what really was the the turning point in our lives when we first caught the idea that Jesus wanted us to make disciples, um, that it was directly to us, like insert our names there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know who mm -hmm. wants to kind of get us started on that, but when was the, maybe that first moment that you kind of caught on that this was like, Keith, this is your mission. I remember when I was very young, there was some guys who came to our neighborhood and they were doing like a building project almost uh, to repair old homes, but they were also sharing a gospel with the neighbor uh, with the neighborhood. And I happened to be one of the young men that uh, talked to one of these individuals, and he had me share, you know, say the sinner's prayer. And I remember him taking a special interest in me, and I thought that was so cool. And uh, while I did respond, I don't think anything changed. So fast forward to a time when I was in the navy, a friend of mine in the, in the navy came up to me and talked to me about following Jesus. And I realized I couldn't answer his questions, had no idea anything like really, really any real information about Jesus, just that he existed. And he challenged me to read the Bible. And I think I came across a verse that stuck with me. I mean, even to this day, it was Hebrews 5.12. And it says, by the time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basics of following God. You need milk, not spiritual food. I mean, not a, a real food. And that struck me to the core that uh, I had this interaction when I was very young and it didn't change my life. You know, I still needed a teacher at that point. And that really inspired me that, hey, Jesus wants me to be a part of this, too. Like this guy on the ship, uh, just like you and Andrew, no degree, no uh, biblical studies degree, just a guy who knew Jesus, was familiar with the scriptures and challenged me in it. And uh, going back to that verse, I wanted to be someone who was joining Jesus and his, Jesus and his work. I didn't want to be on the sidelines. And uh, I realized that I can get in the game just like these two men had, that they uh, were just ordinary guys who wanted to talk to, to someone about faith. And it changed my life. For me, I know that uh, I grew up in the Bible Belt. And 
my my concept of what it meant to walk with Christ was radically it was definitely a great omission i just didn't really have a picture that that was something i was supposed to be doing it was almost like being a christian was was being member of a member of some sort of exclusive uh club and so you were a card carrying member of this club and the card basically got you into heaven that you were supposed to be uh, a member in good standing you know be a decent person as you go throughout life and then when you died you could pull out that id and you were going to get into heaven so it was really something that i did not have a concept of even though i grew up um, around church around the um the message of jesus i don't know maybe i was just i just didn't pick up on it but uh, as i was graduating college my last year of school the last 6 months or so became good friends with a uh, a guy named kevin he was my age he was actually a jehovah's witness and i saw in his life a few things one was that he was very sincere about his beliefs and even though as i began to read the bible i ultimately disagreed with his his take on much of the scriptures and especially who jesus is i did admire his sincerity and i also saw that he had an older gentleman who was also a jehovah's witness who was teaching him who was mentoring him and i thought man that's that's really what i need so when i became a follower of Christ when I surrendered my life to him there in the last few m- months of school um I began to really want that I began to want someone to help me figure out how to actually live this out one of the verses that had been pivotal in me giving my life to Christ was Matthew 10:32 and 33 and it says that um Jesus is speaking he says everyone who confesses me before men I will also confess him before my father who is in heaven but whoever denies me before men I will also deny him before my father who is in heaven and so bound up in me coming to faith was this understanding that Jesus was going to want me to represent him before men he wanted me to confess him in front of others and so when i gave my life to christ that was really the commitment that i was making that i would belong to him and that i would represent him as i went through life but i i did not know how to do that so it really started about a 12 month period of time where i was looking for a mentor and my model it's a little embarrassing to admit today it really was not jesus and the 12 it was what i had seen with my friend kevin and the jehovah's witnesses hmm. it was also star wars i thought um <laughs> i wanted it to nice. i i wanted an, an obi-wan kenobi basically uh, someone who could help me learn how to live out this this faith that i had and uh, probably the karate kid so i needed a mr miyagi <laughs> who could really help me develop and that's what i was looking for um and really it was when i met my wife and i met uh, cecil and jeanie bean that they began to to really invest in us and help us uh, develop this vision that that we could actually not only walk with jesus but we could begin helping other people walk with jesus and it wasn't something that we had to go to seminary to to get a degree in it was not something that we had to spend 10 or 15 years before we could begin doing they began to help us right away learn how to share our faith and pass on the things that that we were benefiting from so for me that was um i was still pretty young about 21 when i met uh, Cecil and Jeanie and that began to really take shape in my life 
But uh, what, what about you, Abby? When did this become real for you? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a hard question because um, growing up in a church that was really so grounded in the Bible, um, it was kind of a an an ongoing process um, as I was as I was growing up um, in my church. But um, when I graduated college and was you know kind of out on my own and I was looking for community, it, my my big thing was just looking for a community that was really living biblically um, and putting scripture to the you know, at the forefront, um, that they were just constantly returning to scripture. Um, and so that's what I was, was always looking for in a church or in a community. Um, and so when I found it, um, just in part, then these people living biblically, I found were really, um, living discipleship. Um, and just kind of was part of that process of, um, I'm taking it. the verse that comes to mind is First Corinthians eleven one. You know, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ, and that was really what um, these people were doing, and they were really uh, being imitators of Christ themselves and allowing others to be a part of their lives. And so then I getting to join in that. I think the the big like light bulb moment was when someone asked me to you know lead a Bible study. And in my mind, I thought, like, don't they realize who I am? You know, I don't know anything. Um, and them just al- allowing um, me to, to try it out um, and to, you know, go up there and follow my face a little bit and um, and just walk with me through that. And just taking the Bible in its fullness. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 comes to mind, too, of just that it's for teaching and reproof and correction and training. And I think it was that training Mm -hmm. part that I had never seen before, that the Bible is to be used for training us in our lives, in our everyday life. So that was a really huge turning point for me. So something I want to do is try to bring us not only from where we got started, but down to the present. And I'm older than you guys, so that that time from where I was 21, like I talked about earlier, to today is actually about 24 years. But let me, uh, let me just keep it with you there, Abigail. What, what does it look like for you today to not only be a disciple, but to be actively uh, making disciples and, and sharing your faith with others? Yeah, you know, um, I think it's uh, when I was thinking about this question, I what I the my big thought that just kept coming back to me over and over again was just it is so daily (laughs) and I know that's like a catchphrase (laughs) about a lot of different things but um it's it's really making that commitment to making discipleship a daily thing um and so that goes for my relationship with Jesus which we've talked about in other podcasts as far as you know our quiet times and our prayer lives and all that aspect um but it also really um plays a part in discipleship as well of I have to really make an effort to make time in my week to meet with um, the person who's discipling me um, and make myself available to her. Um, and, and that I've, as the years have gone on, I've found that if you want to be discipled by somebody and you, you see um, fruit in their lives and you think that's a person I want to learn from and want to be like, um, then you have to make yourself available to them. You know, you can't be like, I have to, you know, Tuesday free. Would you meet with me? You have to say, you know, 
do you have time in your week and then try to make it work, you mm -hmm. know, because you want to be available mm -hmm. to them. Um, and as a mom of three kids, um, wife, like all the other stuff I've got going on, it had to be a real choice on my part of like, this is a sacrifice that I'm fully willing to make because it's that important to just have someone that's speaking into my life and being really honest about what they see in my life um, and then training me in things that I need training in and um, praying over me and things I need prayer for, all that stuff. I mean, it is super worth it. So um, I would say for me, that is just one of my big um, priorities overall. And then um, as far as discipling other women, it's about being available for them and being willing to make time in my life. And that sometimes me means like you're going to need to come along with me and my kids to some activity. And that is not always the greatest, but... <laughs> But that's just what it looks like in this current season. So I think it's being willing to maybe life is not as easy or as convenient um, with discipleship in it, but it is so important and so worth it. Yeah, I definitely think it's not it's definitely not as easy. It's not as convenient, mm -hmm. but I do think that it's much more meaningful. It's much more fulfilling. I think it's part of what Jesus promised us with this this promise of abundant life that he gave us. What about you, Lakeith? What does modern day disciple making look like for you? I love what uh, Abby shared, and if I can sum a lot of it up, uh, I agree with her. I think the word that came to mind was taking the initiative. That mm -hmm. um, it, it starts with us both ways, whether it's initiating with uh, the person who's really mentoring us or discipling us and walking with us as we walk with Christ, or you know, taking the initiative with someone. Who isn't as far as we are and who we're hoping to inspire to to help them follow Jesus and help them uh, keep it going I think that came up for me probably like four years ago Andrew probably doesn't remember this story but we were on a camping trip with a good friend of mine his family was there and uh we were getting set up I think Andrew got pretty frustrated so he pulled us to the side and he encouraged Torin and I in the nicest way to begin to take initiative. Don't wait to see uh, what needed to be done and be asked, but to really t step up and take initiative. And that really stuck with me. I thought about Jesus um, and Mark 3, where he says that he appointed the 12 that they might be with him so that he could send them out to preach. But both, both aspects of that were very uh, intentional, and he was taking the initiative. He wanted them to be with him. But not just to be with them, to spend time with them, but so that they could one day uh, go out and preach. So I think uh, the word initiative really comes to mind. Taking the time to send a text or to set up uh, a meeting to hang out with them or to invite them to your house. Like, don't wait uh, for them to initiate. or Because sometimes it'll never happen if we wait. Uh, it's on us as disciple makers to really take the mission in hand and to not omit it, but to really... Uh, to go for it. And that starts with initiative. I really agree with that. And maybe even taking one step back from that, uh, I think Jesus modeled this is that it really should start with prayer. You know, Jesus prayed even before he hmm. chose 12 to be with him and really began investing in them. He, he knew that there were people out there who were ready to respond, who, who would want to be mentored, to be discipled, who had that that interest that that God 
had already been working in. It's the same is true for us today. Like we've got that. We've got that desire to know Christ and to learn and to grow in our faith. And sometimes we can buy into this falsehood that that everyone else is different from us, that no one else would have that same interest. And it's just not true that there are lots of people out there who will respond if if someone initiates with them, if someone reaches out to them. And so to begin with prayer and to say, Lord, I know that these people are out there. I probably already know some of them. Would you would you give me boldness? Would you give me opportunity? And would you guide my footsteps? Would you bring me to someone who's got a similar heart that I have, someone who would want to spend time together and to learn how to follow you together? And so taking that initiative, beginning with prayer, and then beginning to reach out and, and share your faith, it can be in very small, simple ways. Uh, one thing that we do here in San Diego, and I, I know you guys do it as well, Abigail, is we have a practice of memorizing scripture. So on a regular basis, uh, at any given time, I'm probably working on a new memory verse. And so it's actually been a really simple, easy conversation starter to have someone check you on your verse. You can just say, hey, I'm, I'm really trying to memorize this verse from Scripture. Would you mind checking me? And uh, almost always that that is an opportunity to then have a conversation about the Bible and have they ever read it. So there's lots of little ways that you can begin to sort of raise the flag, so to speak, and let other people know that this is something that, that is part of your life and then find out if it's something that they're interested in. So I think uh, what you guys have shared about taking initiative, and then being available, that those are both some of the, the major corners that we have to turn if we're going to be become disciple makers. Yeah, I think we totally, um, just not on purpose, I just gave you a backwards um, checklist, everybody. So I think uh -huh. maybe, um, <laughs> so I'm just going to repeat it back to you, but in the right order. So you start with prayer um, and then you take that initiative. You don't wait um, for a great sign from heaven or a sign from someone else. Um, <laughs> and just as Keith was talking, it reminded me, um, I met with a girl just last night um, for the first time. God had put her on my heart. Um, and so I had texted her and said, hey, let's just grab coffee. She's sort of new to our community and so we we grabbed coffee and we were chatting and then as we were leaving she said you know that text like I was afraid I'd done something wrong like I was like why did she want to get coffee with me and I was so surprised <laughs> I was like I <laughs> grab coffee with people all the time but I was reminded that you know now this is this is normal for me um this type of community and the way we are intentional about meeting with people is just that's it's my life now but if it's new to you then it can seem really foreign and sometimes we have to make those first steps just because the other people literally have never been a part of a community that is about hmm. kind of one-on-one -on -one discipleship so it was just a good reminder for yeah. me like sometimes I may seem really crazy uh, but that's okay yep. I, I think it turned out so we do want to take that initiative um, especially if the Lord has guided us when we've been praying about it and then to just be willing to be available and to make sacrifices maybe in our own lives, in our own schedules, mm -hmm. because it's not always going to be the most convenient thing, but we know it's worth it and it's important. So there, we've we've recapped yeah. in the proper order there. 
<laughs> so, um, so yeah. guys, yeah, we want to also um, maybe talk about some of the big obstacles that are keeping people from making disciples today. Uh, so maybe just, I mean, we probably all could list a whole bunch of obstacles because we've been doing this for a little while. So let's just cover, cover sure. some of the biggest ones. For me, I think a, a big obstacle is comfort. It does move me outside of my comfort zone to to take initiative, even to pray. Prayer, prayer is a spiritual work. You know, Paul often described prayer as laboring in prayer. And then making making myself available, creating space in my schedule. So many times I think we just try to add things to um, what we're already doing. And I do believe that making disciples is something that will require us to purposely make space in our daily and weekly uh, schedules mm -hmm. so that we can do that. But I was thinking about this verse that many of us are familiar with where Jesus said that if anyone wished to come after him, they had to take up their cross. Uh, they had to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow him daily. And I thought a lot about how do we take up our cross and what does that mean? Um, and one thought that stands out to me is that the cross was really the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to make. It's, he, he was willing to undergo this sacrifice to bring us to God. And so if you think of it in that sense, that there are sacrifices that we will have to make in order to help other people come to God. It's not something that will always be convenient, but are we willing to do that? Are we willing to deny ourselves? Am I willing to deny myself uh, my comfort, my, my own personal space at times, so that I can help someone else uh, connect with God, come to know Him, begin to grow uh, begin to to learn how to share their faith with others. So just from my own standpoint, definitely one of the biggest obstacles is it will absolutely take me out of my comfort zone and it will require some sacrifice on my part and just a, a reorganizing of my priorities and my weekly schedule. Yeah, confession, guys. I haven't read the book, The Great Omission by Dallas Woodward, Willard, <laughs> but I think I would one day. But the concept really makes so much sense, The Great Omission, that uh, this this is concept. It's, it's almost, um, I'm going to say it's extinct because there are churches and groups and people committed to doing it, but it's not popular. I don't ever see this trending on the Internet or on Instagram. You know, making disciples is always going to be, I think, a road that's less traveled. And I think it was the same for Jesus in his time. Uh, there were so many instances where I think I wouldn't, maybe he did get frustrated, you know, but when the, when he fed the 5,000 and he, he taught them some deeper things and they all left, uh, you know, 5,000 of them walked away and he still had his 12, but even to them, he was willing to, uh, to let them walk. But just knowing that there will be times where you will be stretched, you will be disappointed. Uh, I agree with Andrew that it's going to cause sacrifice. So you're going to have to fall in love with the process and uh, learn to rely on God. Because if you put your hope in the results or you put your hope in people, you're going to going to be sadly disappointed. But, you know, one of our main points earlier was that we've been uh, given this epic, epic mission. And uh, I think that's what draws people into movies or to good stories is that there's a uh, there's triumph and there's trials and i think that's how it is with making disciples uh one of the obstacles is that it's just not that popular 
Uh, there's no real instant gratification. There is in the long run. I really do think so, uh, because it's on God's heart. But I think endurance is key because you will get discouraged or, um, there will be moments where you're like Jesus and you're like, uh, you know, Father, show this cup pass in my hand or, you know, but, you know, for this reason I've come, you know, so knowing, knowing that, you know, God's given us this mission, it's going to take endurance and that it's worth it in the end. I think that's a really good point that when you begin doing this, when you begin personally getting involved in making disciples, you'll actually be out of step, not just with the world, but with a lot of the church today. And so I think that can sometimes be an obstacle because you can really begin to question, well, is this really something that I'm supposed to be doing? And if it is, why aren't more people doing it? And it goes back to something you said earlier, Abigail, which is it's one of the big reasons why we want to continue to grow the end of the harvest community, because there are people who have this vision who, who understand that this is a high priority for Jesus, so it should be a high priority for us. And even though we may be scattered all around the, the country and the world, we want to encourage each other. We want to help each other uh, stay in the harvest and, and to continue to, to be effective as disciple makers, whether that's just by encouraging one another or by giving each other tips, uh, things that are working for us. So it's a big reason why even this podcast is why we're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I when I think about the obstacles of discipleship, the, the verses that come to mind are Luke 9. I think it's just the end of the chapter there. I think it starts in like 50 something. <laughs> this is how expert I am. I just give you guys a varying <laughs> reference. I should do my homework. Anywho, you guys look it up and it's people at telling Jesus that they want to follow him. And then Jesus kind of gives these three different examples of people who say they're going to follow him. And then they give a little excuse. And I think it's such You're a right. perfect example of just the obstacles that we face as disciples of Jesus and making disciples. The first one is, you know, someone's like, absolutely, I will follow you. And Jesus says, you know, birds have nests, but, you know, I have no place to lay my head. And so he's just showing right off the bat, you know, it's not always going to be, mm -hmm. you know, mansions in the sky to be a disciple of Jesus. <laughs> and and so we have to count the costs there. Um, and I think that yeah. is one of the huge reasons why we need this type of community. It's not always going to be easy and it can easily be discouraging. Um, that the second one is that a guy's like, I will absolutely follow you, Jesus. But first, I'm going to go bury my father. And I, I really loved that one because it's right there. It's family. We're like, oh, but my family's super important. You know, I'm going to, it says the timing mm -hmm. is off. Like, let me raise my kids first and then I'll get out there. Um, <laughs> and I think there's mm -hmm. always, there, all, timing is always going to be an issue. Um, at least it has been in my mm -hmm. life. So you kind of have to just say, no, the time is is now, you know, whatever, um, yeah. I think I need to get accomplished before I start following Jesus. It's, it's not a good reason. Um, and then the last one is, uh, guys like, yes, I'll absolutely follow you, Jesus. But first let me go say goodbye to my friends and family. And it's kind of that whole old life aspect of like, hmm. uh, yeah, I want to be a disciple of Jesus, but like, 
maybe not on Saturdays. Like, would that be okay if I just take a break? I don't know. This is Abigail's interpretation of the Bible. So, you know, guys, you can get back to me if I'm doing this wrong. But this is how I have read this passage. And it's been really convicting to me um, and kind of how I see being a disciple of Jesus and then also how I'm going to encourage others because this is hard. And these are, are things that can get in our way if we're not careful and if we're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, because we could go on and on. There's, there's so many major <laughs> obstacles. There's, there's a lot working against us becoming. But I, I, I'm going to butcher this, but I once heard someone say there, there may be a thousand reasons not to make the effort, but all you really need is one good reason. And I think it's it's really true for us that, yes, there are many there are many reasons why we might justify or excuse ourselves not stepping into this this mission that Jesus has given us and stepping out in faith. But we really only need one good reason to do it, to be those kinds of people. And that's really what we were talking about on the last episode. And what we see in scriptures is that this is exactly where Jesus is calling us to. And so whatever it is that might be keeping us from from taking that step, let's do business with it and let's uh, let's follow where he's leading us. If Andrew just quoted Lady Gaga on our podcast, <laughs> I'm kicking him off the team, guys. Oh, man. One good did, reasons. Oh uh, no. If I did, it was totally un, un, unintended. Oh, wow. I was like, that's, is he quoting Lady Gaga? This is a good moment we're having. I, I feel good about how we're, we're proceeding. I bet all of our oh, listeners man. really appreciated that. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, we're just we're pointing out to to you listeners that we're acknowledging that that it is it can feel hard sometimes. And if you haven't gotten started yet, um, we're just going ahead and telling you, yeah, we know it's hard. But we also and I'll just throw back to the beginning of this segment just we have seen it change all of our lives it has truly um grown us um exponentially i would say and coming from someone who grew up in a christian home that i mean i was saved at the age of seven i um when I started having someone regularly disciple me is when my faith just leaps and bounds, just moved forward. So mm-hmm. um, I think we all can just agree that it is truly the greatest experience you can have as a believer. And so if you're you know, sitting there on your church pew every week and you're like, man, there's something missing, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's probably this. And so we went to get you guys started. Um, and as we've already said... Boy, we could go on and on about this topic. Maybe we should have done a three-parter, but we didn't. So here we are. <laughs> We've gone way over time. But guys, it was a great conversation. I hope people get a lot out of it. I know I did. I didn't know that Andrew listened to Lady Gaga. So um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So it was good stuff all around. And we um, hope that you listeners will just definitely shoot us a line. Tell us what you think. Um, let us know how um, discipleship is fitting into your own walk with the Lord. Um, and we just absolutely want your interaction. So catch up with us on Instagram, on Facebook. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, psh, you need to get on that. So we hope you will give Do us it. all. Is it four stars or five stars? However many stars there are, we want you to give us all of them so that more people can <laughs> max it us. out. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Uh, see you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. 
You can help us reach more people by going to iTunes, subscribing, and leaving a review. And if you like what we're doing here, tell a friend about us. In an age of social media, word of mouth is still the most powerful way to spread the message.